0: Hello, Believers. I'm Dr. Shantae and welcome to episode 21 of Branding for Believers, the podcast that equips entrepreneurs and influencers with the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. Welcome to part two of our Belief in Action series. So, if you are just joining this podcast and you have not listened to the first part of the Belief in Action series, then I recommend that you go back one episode because every episode in this series builds on the previous episode. And for the entire month of September, even though my podcasts are usually motivational and inspirational, September, I want people to fall back into action because faith without works is dead. And so I want to make sure that you guys are equipped with the strategies and the tools necessary so that you can take action and get the results that you want. So for part two of this series, we are going to be talking about driving customers to your business or to your platform. In the first episode, we made a distinction between what is the difference between a brand and a business and what marketing actually does. And so today we're going to be talking about how we actually get people to take notice of you. How do you get people to pay attention to what you're doing in such a way that it converts them to take action with you? So just like last time, if you don't have a pen, I recommend that you grab one so that you can jot down some good notes. If you are driving, again, don't take notes while you're in the car. Don't text and drive. But fortunately, these episodes are on demand. You can listen to them anytime you want for as much as you want. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. So here we go. Let's jump right into our content. There's always that one person that will always have your heart. You never see it coming because you're blinded from the start. Know that sure that one for me. It's clear for everyone to see. Ooh. So for episode 21, our guiding thought is kind of like a play on Proverbs where there's that scripture that says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. In this episode, we're going to rephrase that and say that he who finds a client finds a good thing. But if that client finds you, oh baby, yes, we want to make sure that we have a business model and that our communication plan is set up so that clients find us so that we don't have to expend our efforts chasing down leads and rabbit holes, we want to make sure that our business is self-sustaining and in such a way that it speaks directly to the person that we are trying to reach. So the first thing that we're going to do is talk about our business, boo. Yes, I say boo, or as the young people say, bae, B-A-E. Yes, your sweet thing, your honey pie, your honey lamb, your honeysuckle buttercup, whatever it- playful euphemism you use to describe your significant other. We are going to be talking about your business significant other. We're also going to be talking about the formula for attracting that person, for attracting that significant other to our business so that we are very clear about how it is that we are going to drive not only that person, but people that fit that profile into our programs and to our businesses. We're also going to talk about something very important, something that often gets overlooked, and that is buying triggers. I have often said, and it has been proven that People feel before they think. In other words, people have an emotional reaction or response or connection to something before the mind gets involved and they start thinking about it. So we are going to talk about what is that emotional trigger, that buying trigger that gets people to take action with you. And last but certainly not least, we are going to be talking about audience segments because there are several steps in the action cycle. So before a person takes action with you, they go through a series, they go through a cycle, and we're going to be talking about what that looks like and how we need to be communicating with them at each stage of that cycle. So let's start with our business, Boo. How many of you have ever known a player? You know, I'm talking about that Martin player from the Himalayas, Jerome type characteristic. Someone who plays the field, someone who goes from woman to woman or from man to man, they are, are playing the field. Some of you have been played. If we're being completely honest, some of us have been taken in by this person. And a player is someone who engages in multiple relationships under the guise that they are exclusively interested in and pursuing you. So a player is someone who has several irons in the fire. And if you are one of the people that he is in a relationship with, then you are under the guise that you're the the one, you're special, that this person is only interested in you. However, that is not the case because that is not what players do. And when you are playing the field, so some of you have been players When you when you are playing the field The thing about that is It gets really tricky Because you have to keep All of your ducks in a row You kind of have to keep All the balls juggling And making sure that You don't cross things Or mess things up And so that means that You have to keep All of your prospects in order You have to know What this person likes And what the other person Doesn't like And this person likes Italian food But this person might like Chinese or, or Mexican You might have to keep track of all of these different birthdays and special dates because if you're trying to keep all of these people in your circle of of love, then people are going to get offended when you don't call them on their birthdays or you don't remember special dates and things that they've shared with you. You are going to have to keep all of your lines straight and in some cases your lies straight. You have to remember what you told one versus what you told the other and you also have to keep the promises that you made just to get the payoff that you're interested in. Let's just call it that. So when you are playing around, you have to keep a lot of things juggling, moving. You are are frantically trying to make sure that you don't cross lines and step on toes. And it gets crazy. However, let's flip that dynamic. How about not being a player? How about instead of being a player, being a person who caters to the needs of one special someone? How about catering to the needs of that person and learning about them deeply and intimately? How about tailoring your approach to serve them exclusively? Well, that person, that special someone is your business boo. That is the person that you know intimately, that you know personally, that you get them and they get you. This is the person, you know their demographic stats, meaning you know how old they are, you know where they work, you know approximately how much money they make, you know about their family, you know their kind of demographic status. But another thing that you know about this person, your soulmate, your business boo, is that you know their emotional triggers, you know their pet peeves, you know their fears, and you know their frustrations. You know this person intimately, and you also know what will motivate them and what will turn them away. So anybody that's in a relationship, especially anybody that's married, you know exactly what ticks your spouse off. You know exactly what sends them through the roof. And you also know what you need to do to make amends. You also know what you need to do in order to to cajole them, you know, to do the things that you would like for them to do. You know this person because that's your boo, that's your baby, that's your your significant other. And so in business, you have a significant other. You have that one perfect person that you know, deeply, personally, intimately. The problem is, is that so many of us, so many entrepreneurs, so many influencers try to be the player. You look at your business and you are so focused on the payoff. Let's call it that, okay? Because the player, in our example, has a different definition of of payoff. But for our definition, it's, it's money. It's usually monetary. So the player is so focused on the payoff that they will say whatever. They will do whatever. They will make all kinds of promises. And before you know it, almost inevitably, especially in this day and age of social media and technology, the player will get caught up eventually those relationships and and those people that have been played are going to start comparing notes or somebody's going to start you know looking at them and saying wait a minute This is what you told me. I thought that that I was your exclusive person. And this is how it is in business, is that when you are throwing every pitch, every ad, every special, every whatever, you are playing the field instead of really focusing on and trying to attract that one special someone, your business boo. And the thing about that is, is that because when we are so focused on the money aspect, when we're so focused on the payoff, we think, well, if I chase down, you know, just this, if I lock it down, if I commit, if I make that commitment to to this one person, because some of us have commitment issues, if I make a commitment to this one person, won't I be losing out on all of these other things? Well, no, because the truth of the matter is you are not set up to serve the needs of 100 different people with 100 different personality types. Like in the Bible, I am always fascinated and I marvel at back in the Old Testament when people used to have like 20, 30, hundreds of wives. I was like, I... How does that work? You know, I think today they have a a modern adaptation. There's like this show called uh, Sister Wives. And I'm thinking to myself, just psychologically, how does that work? That gets crazy. That gets messy. That gets tangled. And it just becomes exhausting. It becomes frustrating. And that is the case when you are trying to track down so many people just to get money in your pocket instead of really cultivating a deeper relationship with the perfect person, with the perfect profile that can really help your business to grow and develop. So how do we do that? We do that by building client profiles. So if you don't have your pen yet, this is definitely where you want to take it out and start jotting things down. For your client profile, in order to figure out who is that special someone, you have to know them intimately. So some coaches call this creating an avatar. When authors are writing books, they say... Who are you writing this book to? Focus on that exact specific someone who needs to read your book. When you are developing content for your blogs, who are you writing to? Write for that one specific person. And likewise, your client profile helps you to see that person and visualize that person so that you know how to engage that person. So the first thing that you want to do when you're building your client profile is you want to name them. Give them a name. Write down their family life, their income level, their demographic information. How old are they? Another thing that you want to do is write down three goals that they have. So what is it that they're really interested in? What is it that they really want to do? You also want to write down their frustrations. What is frustrating them? What is keeping them from reaching their goal? And what are they afraid of? I know that we don't always wear our fears and our emotions on our shirts, but they manifest themselves in other ways. In the very, very early episodes of Branding for Believers, there's a fear series that talks about how fear manifests itself psychologically. It manifests itself in our social relationships, and it also manifests itself physically in our physical health. So if you haven't checked that out, and this is kind of your first episode, I certainly recommend that you go back and check out the fear series. But yes, you want to write down what are they afraid of? What are their frustrations. Another thing that you want to keep in mind is three objections. This is the part that we often overlook when we're thinking about the ideal client. What is it that would make them say no? What is it that would trigger them to be like, "Mm, it sounds good, but I really what? I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. I don't have the the support from my boss. What is their objection? What would get them to tell you no? And you also want to make sure that for this profile that you include their buying triggers. In other words, you want to hit a nerve. You want to say that thing that will oh you you just stepped on my toe you 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 came down my pew you hit a nerve you ever been in church and the preacher knows nothing about you but as that per- person is preaching from the pulpit, you are thinking to yourself, dang, uh, were you looking at my windows last night? What's really going on? That is that Those are our buying triggers. Those are the things that, that connect that emotional response. In other words, what the preacher is saying from the pulpit and what you are experiencing in your life, he has formulated his sermon in such a way that he is speaking directly to your situation. And so that's what you want to make sure that you do when you are developing sales copy and developing campaigns and your website and what it should say. You want to make sure that you are covering your territory with those things that make people emotionally connect to you so that people feel like, man, you get it. You actually know what I'm going through. And you want to ask yourself, what is going to move them to take action? Now, ideally, you would have anywhere from mmm four to eight is a lot, but four to eight client profiles. Who can benefit most from your services? What situation are they in? So your service might be exclusively for women and it might be one type of woman, but it might be maybe three types of women that could ideally fit into the the profile In order for you to use your programs or products or services to serve the needs of those profiles so what I want to encourage you to do is to practice this practice building client profiles for your platform for your business and I will give you an example of one that I did so here is our client Tina Tina is married She has three kids, ages 18, 14, and 6. You know, it's always that little baby that slides up in there at the last minute. (laughs) Um, But she makes approximately $45,000 a year. Her husband makes about the same, and she is an administrative assistant. However, her real passion, so her goals, is family and memory making. She loves taking pictures. Back in the days, she used to scrapbook, and she is really... Really all about capturing those memories for her family that's her goals is family togetherness However, Tina is frustrated by a taxing schedule with three kids. So for any of you listening that have children or know somebody with multiple children, you know that schedules can get crazy when one person has a game and the other person has some other after-school activity. And then there's daycare. And it's just a frustrating taxing schedule because of her children, not to mention the demands of her job. She has growing mountains of clutter in her house and she has no energy to clean it up. So, Tina's frustrations is that she is too busy with her job, with her kids, with her marriage, and by the time she goes here, there, and around the square, She doesn't have time to clean up her house she doesn't have energy to clean up her house and in the meantime there are just these growing mountains of clutter and her fears are she's to the point where she doesn't even want to have people over her house where she is so junky things are so cluttered things are so messy that she would be completely embarrassed to have people over which sucks because As we said, her real passion is family. So not being able to have family over is a pain point for her. One of the things that she also is afraid of is spending money to go out for celebrations. So things like birthdays or anniversaries or celebrating special moments in her children's lives, she doesn't want to have to spend the money to go out at a restaurant because based on the money that she makes and raising three kids, it's really not in the budget. However, she still wants to be able to create experiences that help her family feels special and create those memories. And another fear that she has is she thought about having a professional come in and clean the house and and organize it, but she's afraid that it might be too expensive. So we know Tina, she's married, three kids. We know the ages of the kids. We know how much money she makes and we know what she does for a living. We know what her real passions are. We know what she's frustrated by and we also know what she's afraid of. So if I am a professional cleaning company. Here is Tina's buying trigger. We provide cleaning and organizing solutions for busy families that won't break the bank while saving time and energy that you don't have. Start enjoying your family again in as little as one day. Do you see how that happened? Basically, the buying trigger is busy family, won't break the bank, saves time and energy, and start enjoying your family again. I built a buying trigger based off of what Tina is passionate about, what she's frustrated by and what she's afraid of. And so I really can't stress enough how crucial it is for you to start building client profiles for your business. Because when somebody comes to your website or lands on your social media, you want them to be able to look at what you're saying and say, oh my God, that's me. I need what you have to offer. I need you to help me. And so if I was trying to attract Tina as a client, this buying trigger is definitely something that would get her attention. And that would move her into the action cycle. So that is the the next part of the podcast today. It's the action cycle. It's the audience segment. Think of, of people that, let's say have a church, so to speak. If you have a church. You don't necessarily go to the church the first time that you see it. You know, you may have driven past it many times on your way to work or during your other activities, and you know that it's there, but you haven't actually gone in. And these are people that go to your website. You know, they look at it, they might click here, they might click there, and then they go off to something else this is what is known as the bounce rate. So for those of you that are are looking at the analytics on your website, the bounce rate is the rate at which people come in and then they go out. So these are are the drive-bys. The second part of the audience segment is the browser. So this is the person that actually comes in, they're taking a look around, they're clicking on your products and your services. So if you think about our church analogy, if somebody drove past the church, never really went in, they might stop by one day on their lunch break just to pick up some tracks, just to pick up some brochures, and they haven't made any commitment to coming back, but They know what's there. They know what what you have to offer at, at that church. The third audience segment is the visitor. This is the person that comes back and actually visits, that actually comes to a service. Usually this is the person that comes and tries to sit near the back so they don't really know anybody and they just kind of want to see and experience what this is all about. But the gold standard, however, is to get that person to actually join. So they started as a drive by, then they became a browser, then they visited the church, and ultimately became a member. So that is the action cycle. Think about it that way. So there's the drive by, the browser, the visitor, and the member. So at each one of those points in the action cycle, you need to be communicating differently with that person. So With Tina, if she sees this cleaning service for the first time, it catches her eye, but she was probably on her way to a soccer game or to some other family responsibility. And so she saw the website, but then she bounced back out and said, I'll take a look at this later. But time goes by. People forget about it. It it goes out of their heads. But if you are consistent in your social media, if you are consistent in posting and, and making sure that your content is getting out there, then it increases the chances that Tina, is going to see this service again. And so when Tina sees it again, she's like, oh yeah, I did see something about this. I said I was gonna look into it. And now she becomes a browser. So when somebody is browsing your website, Basically, this is the point where you need to start earning trust and credibility with this person. So when they are there looking around, clicking around, what are the things on your website? What are the things on your social media that establish your credibility, that educate people about who you are and what you have to offer? What is your your promise and who does it help? So that if Tina sees this buying trigger, she immediately knows, oh my gosh, this is a company that does exactly what I need them to do. And they are for families like mine who are too busy to get these things done and can do it affordably. When you get to the visitor, this is the person that is actually starting to send you inquiries or this person is letting you know that they, like your social media or have sent you comments on social media and so if they are at a point where they're starting to really inspect and investigate you do not want to let a visitor go out the door. You don't want to let them come to the church, sit in the back and then go right back out. No, you want to acknowledge them. You want to welcome them. You want to say, based on who you are, here is what I think will work for you. Here is what I feel like I can offer you. And based on that, you know, being able to let them visualize themselves with your product or with your service or being a member of that church in our analogy, then that's when that person converts to membership status. And when that person becomes a member, meaning when that person actually buys from you, when they become a client, when they become a customer, that's when they need information from you about how the process works. That's when they need support and they need service. And this is a part where many entrepreneurs drop the ball. So when you finally get somebody to take action with you. When you finally get somebody to convert, pretty much you take their money and you're like, great, yes, awesome. Here's your product or here's your whatever. However, They want that personal touch. They want that follow up. So when you think about our player analogy, so let's go back to our player from earlier on in this podcast. Usually when people take action, um, when they buy something or when they they join, they start second guessing. They start thinking, hmm should I really have done this? Do I really need this? Is this, or is this really the direction that I should have gone in? And the longer that you allow that person to sit alone with their thoughts, the more likely it is that either A, they're not going to buy from you again, or B, that they are going to ask for a refund or ask for a return. And it's just like the player, players don't call the next day after they have gotten their payoff. They have moved on, you know, mission accomplished, got got what I wanted, and they're on to the next one. And so when you don't call the next day, then your client, your customer, they start feeling some kind of way about that. So ask yourself, what systems do you have in place even after that person has taken action with you to follow up with them, to offer them support? Or offer them service, so if they have any trouble or their download doesn't download, do you have any sort of technical support in place in case things don't work? And so when you do those types of things, when you have a good follow-up with your members or with your your shoppers or the clients that have taken action with you, then that allows you to retain that client in such a way that they begin to spread the gospel about their experience with you. So you definitely want to make sure that you are communicating at all stages of that action cycle. And so in case you missed it, it's the drive by, it's the person that sees you, it caught their attention, but they're not really ready to make any moves just yet. And then they kind of move on. But. They come back, they start looking at what you have to offer, they start clicking on your programs, they start clicking on your offerings, and this is the time where you need to be clear in your website that educates them about what you have to offer. So who is your ideal client and how can what you have to offer make their lives better in some way or solve a problem in some way that they have? then you want to move that person to visitor status. And this is the person that comes to visit the church, right? This is the person that has reached out to you and started asking questions. And this is where you begin to cultivate that relationship with them because they want to make sure that you are the right person for the job. And once you have done that, then you want to convert that person to a client. And after you've converted them to a client, be sure that you follow up with them so that they don't start to regret their interaction with you. And so if somebody comes to you and they start asking you questions about your program or starts liking your pictures and social media, you want to make sure that you engage them so that you don't lose them. So that is it for part two of the belief in action series. You want to make sure that you have a business boo, a significant other. You don't want to be playing the field and throwing everything but the kitchen sink trying to get money in your pocket. No, 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 no. You want to make sure that you have a focus profile, you want to make sure that you are spending your time in places where you are likely to find that person. So if your client profile enjoys Italian food, then why are you spending time in Chinese food restaurants? If your client enjoys Mexican food, why are you spending time in American cuisine restaurants? In other words, once you have a focused client, once you know exactly who it is that you are cultivating this relationship with, then you can focus your marketing efforts. You can focus your targets and how you can attract that person and be where they are. You also want to make sure that you have a communication plan for engaging that person. So if you do find your, your client, when you do find someone that would be ideally suited for your services, you want to make sure that you have a plan for communicating with them at every step of the way, including earning their trust and credibility, including making sure that you say in your social media, in your website, in your introduction, who you are, who you serve and what you have to offer. So in our next episode, we are gonna be talking about audience growth. This is now that we found our ideal client, how do we multiply that audience? How do we get more of them? How do we get more people to take action with us? And we are going to be talking specifically about lead magnets, online communities and education slash content marketing. So I hope that this was helpful for you. I hope that you would share this podcast. I hope that you would share your takeaways with me on social media. You can always reach me at Dr. Shante Says on Twitter or on Instagram. And I certainly do encourage you to leave a review on iTunes. If you are getting value from this episode, please do take the time and hop on your iPad, hop on your iPhone, and make sure that you are sharing this episode and leaving reviews so that we can help other people believe bigger in their dreams. Thank you so much, and I will see you next time.